I by no means see Tommy coming up here as a politician. Um, he's part of our church and making us aware of something that's very dear to his heart. So um, I, I just, I'm not one to open up a Sunday platform for a politician. And that wasn't Tommy's heart at all. So I hope you heard that. Thank you for your passion, Tommy. Um, well, we're going to continue today um, in our series that we've been doing. We were supposed to do this last week. Um, and I'm, today's topic is, um, it's never easy to talk about sin, is it? No one wants to talk about sin. I don't want to know that I've done wrong. Uh, but we're going to talk about that today and the Holy Spirit. But you know, when sin is revealed, when the evil one is called out, there is freedom that is allowed. So now we're not calling out sin today in the church, okay? We're not, Mike, you need to repent because you, you know, we're not doing that kind of stuff. No, today's going to be an introspective thing. We want to know how the Holy Spirit works in this. Sin is rampant, not only in the world, but in the church as well. And the Holy Spirit, man, he, he wants to help us not become sinless. Well, he wants us to help us become sinless, but there was only one sinless man. He wants us to sin less. So anyway, Doug, will you help out again today and then get a couple volunteers to, to help you? I see some eager uh, people who are out there who can help you pass these out today. What we're doing, uh, by the way, if you um, have not been part of our Sunday morning services, by the way, welcome if you're visiting with us uh, today. Um, we are taking this whole year, and we're almost finished with this whole year, to discover who the Holy Spirit is. Uh, as our denomination has put this out, uh, that, you know, we... First, for, first of all, if you're not familiar with Foursquare, we believe that Jesus Christ is our Savior. He's our baptizer with the Holy Spirit. He is our healer, and Jesus, He's our soon-coming King. So um, this year we are focusing in on our baptizer with the Holy Spirit and that Jesus is the one who transforms us by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I've, I've enjoyed myself getting to know a little bit more about the Holy Spirit, who He is. And so uh, we've said this in this particular study uh, that I have just pulled a lot from David Platt on this. As a matter of fact, these handouts, there's a lot of information that comes from a study guide that he has. But it says, The greatest hindrance to the advancement of the glory of God in the world today is the attempt of the church to do the work of God without the power of the Spirit of God. We want to be people who are led by the power of the Spirit of God. Otherwise, we're just kind of spinning our wheels. Now, you can do good things. I can do good things. But whenever I do that in the power of the Holy Spirit, man, I'm doing the will of God, the work of God in His power, and we're going to see the kingdom of God advanced. So that's where we're headed. So we're taking a, a, a more of an academic approach, but have you noticed that when you take an academic approach into learning about who the Holy Spirit is, at least to me, every Sunday, God has spoken to me uh, and, and showed me ways to be empowered so that as I know more about him, I know how I can operate in his power. Well, even today we're going to see that as we're taking this academic approach. Some of the series this year that we've done have been more of a, an empowerment approach. How do I do this? How do I minister uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit? So that's what we're doing. And the, what, we're, what we're going through at this particular point, uh, we're seeing the work that God does through the Holy Spirit uh, in redemption throughout history. I am so glad to be called a child of God. I am so glad that God saved me by the power of His Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit who drew each and every one of us to Jesus. Without that drawing, you know, no matter how much people talk to me, no matter how blue in the face they got trying to convince me to come to Jesus, without that Holy Spirit, without Him drawing me, 
I would have never come to Jesus. So we're talking about the work he does in redemption, redemption through history. Now, two weeks ago, uh, we talked about creation and what role he played in creation and just how important that was. The Holy Spirit has always been, and he will always be. We are limited by time, so we cannot fathom the fact that something that has always been, because you have a birth date, and you will have at some point, this is not morbid, but you will have a death date provided the Lord doesn't come back for his church before that. So we're limited by time. I only have a few minutes to present today's message. I'm limited by time. Um, and so that's, that's just the way it is. But the Holy Spirit is not. Well, today what we want to look at is the Holy Spirit and the fall. So if you want to turn with me to Genesis chapter 3, this will not be on the screen. This particular verse will not be on the screen today. But Genesis chapter 3, I want to go back to when the fall actually happened. Now, what you're not going to see in here is a specific work of the Holy Spirit in the fall. But moving forward throughout the Bible, you will see the Holy Spirit very actively involved in bringing people back to the Father. So at this particular point, what we're going to read today uh, to start out with, you won't see that, okay? So I just want to make you aware, if you're looking for the Holy Spirit in there, well, he did direct man to write this part, but you're not going to see a specific action. So Genesis 3, 1 says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? Of course, we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It is only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Now, if I had a commandment like that, a command like that, I probably wouldn't want to touch the tree, you know. Now, part of me thinks, too, did they even know what death was at that point? Well, I'm sure there was some type of understanding, but that was the command that was given. If you touch this thing, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. Sin is a powerful convincer. The enemy is a powerful convincer, isn't he? She saw that the tree was beautiful and it looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom that it would give her, so she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, uh, who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, the, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness, so they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. That's where it all began. Sin entered the world. There was a deceiving that happened. And with that, the, that deceit that happened, there was someone who succumbed to that particular temptation that happened, and it was against the very words of God. Now, there wasn't anything written at that point, but God had spoken. If you touch this tree, do you notice he didn't say even if you eat it, he said if you even touch it, even if you get near it, well, touch it, you get close enough to touch it, you will die. Sin entered the world, and ever since then, as you continue to read through that study, or that, that portion of Scripture, you will find that it was just a snowball effect of sin. Sin does that too, doesn't it? It snowballs. Tell a little lie, then you have to cover up for that lie. Uh, commit something that you shouldn't commit, then it continues to snowball. Don't do something that you should have done, and then you've got to try to figure out how to make for it, make up for it. 
Well, here's where we see the Holy Spirit enter in in our study today. First of all, it's the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, who convicts us of sin. I am thankful for the Holy Spirit. Now, I, as I told you to begin with, I do not like to... Let's see how I want to say this. I don't want to be wrong. Does anybody? <laughs> I don't want to be wrong. Doug admitted he was wrong this morning, but... He doesn't like to be wrong one time in his entire life. It snowballs. It snowballs. But I don't want to be wrong, partly because I think it does have to do with pride. Um, sin has to do with, you know, I don't want people to know that um, I sin. I don't want people to know that I, you know, have failed God. I don't want to fail people. I mean, am I, I'm speaking to somebody today, right? We, we, don't, we don't want to know that. But I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit that, one, He does convict me with I, when I sin because I don't need someone to tell me when I have sinned. I know when I have sinned. I'm also thankful that God puts people in my life who tell me when I have sinned. You may find that that's your spouse. <laughs> you don't have to tell me that, honey. Why is that? Because they see us at our weakest points, don't they? Right? I'm thankful that God has put not only my wife, um, you know, honestly, even my children at times. No, they're, my children are respectful, right? They, they do get their sarcasm from me, but they are very respectful. Um, but there's been times where my kids have called me out in a respectful way, right? I've called them out. Some of you at particular times, our elders here at the church, they have full permission, I guess you would say. We have that agreement that if they see something, to call that out. John 16, 8 is up on the screen. It says, and when, when he comes, this is talking about the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of its sin and God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me, Jesus says. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Jesus was leaving the planet. He knew he was. It was about his time to be crucified. He would be uh, buried in the grave, risen again, and ascended to the Father. So he was leaving this world. And he was telling his disciples, you know, you're going to have someone who's going to come who's going to help you in this world. One of the things that he's going to do is to convict you of sin because he knew them. He knew us. He knew, cool word, he knew our propensity to sin our inclination to sin, that we would be drawn to sin, just as Eve was in the garden. Man, she was drawn to the... Think of the thousands of trees, the species of fruit trees that were probably in the Garden of Eden. I think I did a study. There were like 3,000. I don't know where they got that from. That's just something I heard. All these thousands of species of trees of fruit, they could eat all of them except for one. And what were they drawn to? The one... The enemy drew them at that moment. He will convict the world of sin, but also of God's righteousness. Now, we're going to get to that at the end, so hang on. This is going to be heavy at the first half, but we're going to get to this next part, or the, the, the latter part here at the end. God's righteousness and of the coming judgment, the world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. You know, even believers can refuse to believe in God. I'm not talking about Jesus, that he came to die for us, uh, you know, on the cross and all those things. But uh, even at those moments where God says, have faith, 
Even at those moments where God says, don't sin, but yet we sin anyway. Just like Eve did. She didn't believe God at that moment. If you eat this, you will die. What did she do? She ate it, and the death process began. Man was supposed to intend it, man was intended to live forever. But that set into motion the death. So the Spirit, He convicts us of sin. Secondly, the Spirit responds to sin. I want us to see how He responds. First of all, uh, in, in the positive aspect, He reflects. He reflects the pleasure of God in obedience. So I, we, we love pats on the back, don't we? we when, when we've done a good job, attaboy, that's a good job. Jessica, you did a great job today playing the congas over here. You know, we love those attaboys. Danny, you know, thank you for being here today, filling in last minute. Someone was sick. Attaboy, good job. We love to hear those positive things. So the Spirit re- reflects the pleasure of God in obedience. We see this. Take these notes down real quick. Are these scriptures down? We're going to read John chapter 1, verse 32, where it says, The Holy Spirit depended, uh, descended upon Jesus, and the Father expressed pleasure in His Son. This was when Jesus was being baptized. The Holy Spirit, in that moment, the Bible tells us, descended in the form of a dove, and then you heard the voice from heaven that said, This is my beloved Son, in who I am well pleased. So the Holy Spirit reflects the pleasure of God. Also, John chapter 3, verse 34 is where it talks about the one who speaks the word of God receives the spirit without limit. It's not talking about just pastors who speak on a Sunday morning. This is talking about people who declare the word of God. Church, declare the word of God wherever you go. You will receive the Holy Spirit without limit when you do that. When you are speaking His Word, the Holy Spirit. I was talking with Dean, uh, actually Friday night, we had a staff meeting, and Dean's, I've asked him to speak next week. <clears throat> and um, Dean said, "Yeah, man, I've had three different sermons come up, and the Holy Spirit has said no to every single one of them. We prayed for him, and he texted me Saturday morning, quick update, he says, the Holy Spirit just deposited in my heart what we were supposed to, to, supposed to have. So that pressing in that Dean continued to do, the Holy Spirit was there at that moment, and he knew. The Holy Spirit will let you know when yes and when no. And he will give, the Father will give the Spirit without limit. Don't be afraid to speak about Jesus to other people. When you do, you will be empowered by the Holy Spirit because the Spirit um, reflects the pleasure of God when you are obedient. Another quick story, uh, Stasha texted me a couple nights ago, I don't even know where I was, it doesn't matter, Um, I was doing something somewhere and she texted me, oh no, it was yesterday morning when we were um, helping someone move. And uh, she said, hey, just real quick, I want to let you know that Gabe had his friend spend the night, which I knew that because I was there for that. Um, But anyway, Gabe told his friend who spent the night about Jesus. Now, the little boy was not ready to respond yet. And Gabe said, well, that's okay. Can I give you a Bible? (laughs) Sign him up for the Gideons, Mr. Stowe. Um, And the boy said, you know what? I'm not quite ready yet, but thank you for sharing this with me. So we're going to keep praying. When you think about Jay, pray for Jay. We're going to pray that he comes to salvation. Even in a 13-year-old little boy, he was speaking. The Holy Spirit at that moment was in that room. Was he ready to respond? No, he wasn't. But the Holy Spirit is working in that little boy. And the Holy Spirit at that moment was was reflecting the pleasure of God. And I believe we're going to see fruit from that. This little boy in our neighborhood. 
Secondly, he, under this point of the Spirit response to sin, he reflects the displeasure of God in disobedience. Again, the part I don't like. Now, as we read through the story of Samson, on your paper there, you'll see a whole bunch of things about judges. And I had you write down those scriptures. They were already there on your paper. Anyway, you'll see in Judges all the scriptures that are there. I encourage you to read that uh, sometime this week. But you'll see, see in the story of Samson, remember he was the strong guy in the Bible. He, I mean, he was on a mission for the Lord because God was displeased with the people who were coming against the people of God. So anyway, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson and he defeated the Philistines who were coming against the people of God. The Holy Spirit will war on your behalf as well. When people are sinning against you, the Holy Spirit will work on your behalf in those moments. God was displeased with Saul because of his sin. Now, as easy as we like to say, God, go get the people who are sinning against me, God was displeased with Saul because of his sin. Lord, when I sin, you're displeased with me. I don't want God to be displeased with me at all. I don't want to sin. Paul said it. Man, the things I want to do, I don't do. Things I know I'm supposed to do, I don't do. The things I, uh, you know, he, he went through that whole thing. It was really, you read that and you're like, what did he just say? Well, basically we do the things we don't want to do and we don't do the things we're supposed to do. When we sin, we grieve the Holy Spirit. I don't want to grieve God, but I do. When I sin, I grieve the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30 tells us, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. I believe the Holy Spirit is convicting here today, and that's a good thing. I don't apologize for that at all. This is a good thing. By the way, conviction from the Holy Spirit is a good thing. It's a good thing. Don't look at it as negative. Why is that? Because He is purifying you. So when you receive conviction from the Lord, don't think, oh, woe is me, I'm a horrible person. Well, you need to repent, absolutely, but God, you're purifying me. When we sin, we grieve the Holy Spirit. When we sin, we, we, we're lying to the Holy Spirit in those moments as well. The story of uh, Ananias, lying to the Holy Spirit. You'll see that in Acts chapter 3. When we sin, we resist the Holy Spirit. We're resisting what He wants to do in us. Acts chapter 7, verse uh, 51, that's where uh, the apostle there was saying, you stiff-necked people, you resist the Holy Spirit. Man, they didn't hold things back in the, Old Test in the New Testament, did they? You're a stiff-necked people, you're resisting the Holy Spirit. I've felt that before. Stiff-necked. You don't want, you, you just, I, what I'm doing, I'm, I'm going to continue to do this because in my situation it's the right thing and the Holy Spirit saying, no, it's not. I've been there. Lord, forgive me. When we sin, we also defile the Holy Spirit. This is up on the screen, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself, for God brought you with a high price, so you must honor God with what? Your body. Now, this is specifically, can I bring this up for a moment? This is specifically talking about sexual sin, by the way. What is sexual sin? Fornication, homosexuality, adultery, um, even the things that you see with your eyes intentionally. You know, Jesus said, 
if you look, incest, those type of things. Um, if you look on a person with lust in your heart, those are things he's talking about. And he says you sin against your own body. I heard a stat one time say this. Um, it said that if we were to commit our physical bodies the way God tells us to in the marriage union, sexual senses in the consummation of marriage, that transmitted diseases would be wiped out in a generation. Think about that. So, well, but why can't I do this now? Why can't, why shouldn't I with the same sex? Why shouldn't all these, now again, we're not preaching hate, are we? We're preaching God's word and we, because we love people. Why is that? Well, one, it's an obedience thing to the Lord. First and foremost, it's an obedience thing to the Lord. But not only does he not want us to sin against him, he doesn't want us to sin against our own body. Where do these diseases come from? Sin, right? For our protection, absolutely. Parents, you know, man, you know what I'm talking about with all of this. You see your kid going toward danger, what do you do? No, don't. That's the word of God because he loves us. Let's keep going. When we sin, we quench the Holy Spirit. First, the Lent, <laughs> First Thessalonians, you can tell I missed a week of preaching. Uh, no, I do that all the time. First Thessalonians 5, 19 and 20, do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies. I don't want to quench him. When he's telling me to act, I act. When he tells me to speak, I speak. When we sin, we insult the Holy Spirit. This comes from Hebrews 10, 29. They're on your paper. Just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God Do you feel the weight of that? Just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant which made us holy as if it were common and unholy and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. Some may say, you know what? I can sin because God will forgive me. Paul talked about that. Because grace abounds, does that mean we can go on sinning? No. No, he says, certainly not. Certainly not. Next week, you're going to partake in communion. I say you're because obviously I'll be coming back from Tampa on Sunday. You are going to be partaking in communion. Here's what I want you to do every time, not just when you take communion, but for this point. Every time you receive of communion... Be sure that you have a pure heart before the Lord. Something I saw down in Jamaica, I think that's me, sorry. Something I saw down in Jamaica, Tommy, remind me to get the new, I think we have a new headset, I think this thing's probably toast. Um, when we were in Jamaica, I noticed that there were some people who did not take communion when it went around. And I thought, do they, why aren't they taking communion? So I asked Pastor Devin afterward, and he said, well, right now they're dealing with some things in their life because they know that they have sinned against God. They had enough maturity to not receive of communion because they were working through sin in their life. We all take communion. 
whether we have sin in our life or not. So when you come in next week, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Come in with a pure heart before the Lord. God, you see the areas this week where I have sinned. Will you please forgive me? Now, why is it that those people couldn't do that in Jamaica and just receive a communion at that, at that time? They were, they were working through something. They hadn't overcome it yet. That's mature. Because the, the Word of God does say, do not take this unworthily. Right? Wow. Here's the good news. Well, let me hang out here just a, a few more minutes. Hold on. Yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. Have treated the blood covenant, which made us holy, as if it were common and unholy. Never look at communion as common and unholy, ever. That's the blood of Jesus that we're celebrating. He says, come before me, pure. I've given you my Holy Spirit to convict you. Allow God to do his work in your heart. Amen? So here's the good news. The Holy Spirit gives us victory over sin. That's the good news. You've been carrying a weight this morning. I kind of made this weighty to begin with. But God has given us victory. Thanks be to God who causes us to triumph. We live in the Spirit. We must live in the Spirit. Probably should have that there instead of we live in the Spirit. We must live in the Spirit, and I pray that we do. Romans 8, 12 on the screen. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Look at that real quick. You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do or what other people try to push you into or what other people try to keep you from. For if you live by sin's dictates, you will die. Now, does that mean you're, you, know, you sin and all of a sudden you're going to... No, that's talking about the spiritual death that happens. Now, there are sins that will lead you to a quicker death. We, we know that. We've seen those things happen. We're not going to get into all that just for time this morning. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. How do we put to death the deeds of the sinful nature? By the power of the Holy Spirit, it just told, told us. When you are tempted to sin, Holy Spirit, I need you at this moment. When I am weak, I know that you're strong, and that's not specifically what that verse is talking about, but yes, it is. God, you are, you are strong when I am weak. I need you to be strong in me. As the Holy Spirit leads us, we will not enter into sin. How do I know when the Holy Spirit is not leading me? When I sin. God, I haven't let you lead me today, and, and I'm sorry for that. I repent for that. Holy Spirit, will you begin leading me at this moment? away from sin and into the very presence of God. So the Holy Spirit gives us victory over sin. We live in the Spirit. We battle in the Spirit. Ephesians 6, 12 through 17 talks about we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, the whole armor of God. Remember that. You don't wrestle against flesh and blood. When you're having a conflict, we're talking about this Sunday night. When you're having a conflict with somebody, it's not with that person. The enemy wants to come to bring division. We pray in the Spirit. Ephesians 6, 18. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. You ever had those moments where you, I'm just not going to pray for that person. They're a believer, right? I don't like the way they looked at me. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Sometimes you can't bring yourself to pray in English for something. 
God has given us a heavenly language if we receive it. Pray. Pray. The Holy Spirit has given you victory over sin. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, God, that you have given us victory this morning. Can we stand for a moment? Here's what I want us to do just for the next few moments. Miss Vicki is going to, or Miss Lisa is going to come and, because we're going to have a moment of just us and God. I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to clean house today, to clean your house today. You may need to come to the altar and kneel. There's something about the altar. I don't know exactly what it is, other than the fact that if you read in the Old Testament, there were specific places where people would come, and that's just where they met God, a moving place. But you need to come to repent today because you recognize, I have stepped upon the Son. I've trampled upon the blood of Jesus. Today, you may need to declare victory in an area. God, I've been dealing with this, but you have helped me overcome, and I thank you today. Wherever you are in this scenario, let's take a few moments to allow the Holy Spirit to uh, identify, to repent, and to celebrate in victory. Thank you for your spirit, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, that you would forgive us today. That you would make us holy and pure before you, God, by the blood of Jesus. Church, I want to push you just a little bit in this because in repentance comes revival. And I believe that many of you have felt that you've been stuck for a while in a particular area and you're wanting revival in your life and things seem like, man, they're just in the pits and they have been for a while. You will not experience revival until you repent, until you allow God to do his work. So I just I want to push you a little bit more today to respond to the Lord. Again, I'm not saying come up front necessarily, but... Maybe in the place where you are, you can kneel or you can sit. Don't feel like you have to stand. But I just want to push you a little bit in this today. Urge you in this a little bit today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, that you do your work of cleansing in this house today. In my life, Lord, that you would cleanse me, God, of all unrighteousness. To be presented holy and pure before God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the work that you do in our lives, Lord Jesus. Lord, weeping lasts for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Lord, may we be sensitive to those times of, of discipline by you, by your Holy Spirit, knowing that it's producing righteousness within us. Lord, we thank you for the victory that we can receive over sin. It's because of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Thank you for freedom, Lord. 
looking for freedom, Lord. So we're this dismissing this morning. Some of you are going to continue to pray, but I want everybody to look at me just for a moment <clears throat> because I want to um, just bring this out. I want us to give thanks to God because he has freed us from the power of sin. This heaviness is good. It's very good that we, the weight of sin, to, 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 to know that, to, to understand that. But it's also good to thank God for the freedom. So can we just lift up a praise to God this morning? Thank you, God, that you have caused us to overcome for the victory that we have in Jesus today. Lord, you have called us to be more than conquerors and to triumph in you. We are thankful for the blood of Jesus. But Holy Spirit, continue to do your work of conviction within us so that we're presented as holy and righteous. We are because of the blood of Jesus Christ, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. We've got plenty of time till the next service starts. I want to continue to linger in this place. If you would like, I'm going to have uh, Mr. and Ms. Stowe to dismiss us here in prayer. But again, please feel free to stay. <clears throat> if you need agreement in prayer, please come and see them. If you have never received Jesus as your personal Savior and this whole sin thing has you trapped in this place because you've never received Jesus, please come up and allow them to lead you to know who Jesus is. Amen? Amen. Mr. Misto. Father God, this morning for the word you've brought to our hearts, for the spirit that has dwelled us and has triggered certain things to, to be processed, Lord, I pray that we would be obedient. Lord, I pray we'd not walk out the doors and forget all that's been said, all that we felt you speaking into our hearts that we would dwell on and build on what you've given us this day. Lord, I thank you for your love as we go out in Jesus' name.